0: What is going on with your legs? Welcome back to Do Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite safe space to vent out your problems amongst your peers. So drop in, sit in a circle, and express yourself. This is Do Patrol Therapy.
1: All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to our strange little broadcast where we talk about DC Universe's Doom Patrol. My name is Mark. And my name is Nathan. And today we're talking about Doom Patrol's Therapy Patrol, which is episode seven of season one. And this one, um, right out the gate, I think its biggest theme is about loneliness. Um, Nate, what did you think about today's episode?
0: It was very good. Yeah? Very,
1: very good. Did you like this one more than you liked last episode? Because I know I said yes. it was my favorite episode. Yeah, you did was, say it was. uh, Doom Patrol Patrol mm-hmm. was my favorite episode.
0: But, is, and you had some qualms about it. It was, I wouldn't call it qualms. Uh, I, re- I, I remember saying that I was underwhelmed. hmm I don't want that to sound harsh. hmm It was just underwhelming compared to the high of doom patrol mm-hmm. that i was already riding yeah. so oh. it just uh it was just like a let's just take it down one notch yeah, yeah. out of oh the episode f- 14 did. yeah it, no yeah.
1: yeah yeah episode six kind of brought it down a notch and you were for like, me and you were like oh it's a change of pace yeah and, it, and yeah. i was
0: like okay which is not mm-hmm. far off from yeah. you know issues in a comic book like once a story arc is done, yeah, you some, just... Sometimes you need that. Yeah, sometimes you just jump like you, to something else. You need else. that,
1: like, okay, that hush period. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's I be, and that's, that's what this is. Okay. Um 'cause it, that Because all the Nurheim stuff ended mm-hmm. and, and that was an arc and mm-hmm. it ended said and done with. Great, move on. Yeah, someone actually tweeted at us, um,
1: if you know what that thing is, and they were... What, what? Twitter? Yeah, and you know this, this, uh, this thing called the internet where you, like, talk to
0: people? Mm, I'm you, vaguely familiar. You
1: shout into a cosmic void and then it somehow gets back to you. I like that. And, um they said that the decreator recreator episode is their least favorite of the season so far
0: this was people on the internet saying it
1: yeah and they were telling they were telling us this like oh, us really? specifically and they were like hey the decreator recreator things were kind of like my least favorite and it was the doom patrol patrol episode that brought me kind of like yo this is it i wonder why is it because, because sometimes it's just too much sometimes it's Maybe. It, it, sometimes it's just like okay well now you're just now you're just throwing magic around like that's cool, buddy. I know, but I, and, and, you know... <laughs> hey, not everybody a, has the same taste. And, you know, there's a reason Doom Patrol, you know, until now, was never really that popular. I mean, Grant Morrison made it popular in the 80s, but even still, like, it's not... It hasn't been this well-pronounced since until now with the show. Once you give it a live-action show, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what people thought about it before, the fact that it exists in live action seems to garner a lot more attention. So I guess that's a market itself. It's just turning anything into a live action format and then people go, now I'm interested. Isn't
0: that weird? It I mean, is weird. Um, Well, n- not really weird because I am guilty of uh, things like that. Like, it worked for me. It does. I
1: didn't care about Spider-Man at all until... The movies? Until Yeah, until Sam Raimi started putting yeah. m- some live action movies and then I started caring about... And, you know, that's where I learned who Spider-Man was mm-hmm. and, like, his origin and stuff like that. And so, for a lot of people, like, this is the first time they're learning about Captain Marvel or Shazam or, uh, you know, like, Any Man of, of Steel comic, yeah. was that for me. Man of Steel. I, I didn't, oh, really? Like, yeah. I know
0: Superman. I know his
1: origins and stuff like that. But, but like,
0: I, the classic Superman tropes that you knew. Like, Justice League
1: animated series yeah. Superman. But then you put it in live action and it's you know the the time that I exist. So now I'm like, this is it. This is mm-hmm. how I learn.
0: Um, I'm 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 curious as um, if if Doom Patrol gets weirder, will it somewhat have a have a? I don't I don't I'm not trying to say it's going to lose viewers or lose a following or anything like that. But are people going to be more uh, uneasy it, well, with the weird weirdness? I don't think it can get
1: weirder what yeah it can i, I mean I, I think it gets i think maybe on the like, same level yeah it's just a different weird yeah because it's all again like it's all art yeah that we're talking about so it's like it's just like okay what weird thing is happening now and mm-hmm. how creative can you get that is the objective is is how creative can you get with the weirdness it's not is it more weird it's just more creative it's, yeah. it's, it's creative that it's something else this time
0: it could also be um because none of that Nurmheim stuff involved uh, like mr nobody or the search for him which is the overarching mm-hmm. arc of this show yeah um
1: he just had to intervene yeah but
0: mm-hmm. then mr nobody gets weird <laughs> yeah, when, it gets yeah when, he, it. when
1: he you know when he brings in the brotherhood of dada mm-hmm. or like we get into the underground of crazy jane Like, again, they will be weird, Mm -hmm. but they will be different weirds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's good. Um, But today we're talking about uh, Doom Patrol, Therapy Patrol, uh, which is episode seven. And um, this, Nate, you shared this information with me, and then we had to do a little bit of research. Mm -hmm. But you said that uh, Neil Reynolds, who wrote this episode, he based it off on one single panel, Mm -hmm. right, from from the comic books. Um, and, yeah, we, we w- and where it. did we find that? Cause we, we looked.
0: Oh man, it's <laughs> embarrassing how we looked. So we own the two physical copies of volume one. You own it. I own it, whatever. Volume own, one yeah. and volume two of Grant Morrison's. And I saw the picture on Twitter. I saw the post about it. It was like, oh, that's awesome. I got to go back and find the source material as I do. And <laughs> scouring these books, I'm looking at the costumes. I'm looking at the art. Uh, I'm I'm looking I'm yeah. trying to match it up. It's like okay I know I've I've got you it. Know down. it's Richard Case. I know where this is. I just have to find it. And then it gets harder because then you're like oh man it's just like one panel pretty much. Crap. You're so it. Yeah. and I I missed it like four times. Mm-hmm. And it's in like one of the first issues of Volume Two. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the exact very first
1: issue. If you own Volume Two, or if you're using the DC Universe app, just look up issue thirty-five. And within a few a few page flips, you'll mm-hmm. find this. Um, it's almost like a borderless. It's not a splash page. It's but, not a splash page. But splash it's, page. But it's like a. It's a very big cell. Yeah, and it's a lot of negative space. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's very borderless. Beautiful yeah. um, because the the whole background. It honestly, what's beautiful about it is it's just the characters mm-hmm. in chairs
0: sitting in a circle,
1: and the negative space. There's nothing filled in yeah. there's no carpet, there's no floor, there's no I walls love that style. and because it's border it's a borderless cell, that negative space bleeds into the rest of the book, like mm-hmm. the page, and so it's just characters sitting in chairs in negative space mm-hmm. it's it's yeah I'm glad you brought that up it's a absolutely beautiful cell. It's uh, cool
0: because it's just two pages of the one issue, and it's not even... The picture that is going around Twitter now is mm-hmm. a, a dialogue that Cliff is having with um, other members sitting in a circle. Yeah,
1: Dorothy, Crazy Jane, Rebus, Negative Man,
0: and Niles Calder. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's not what that issue is about at all. No. not Not no. in the least bit. This is just sidebar here, let's just take a little peer into what's going on at the Doom Patrol Manor, house, Mm -hmm. base, whatever you want to call it in the 80s. Um, And it's just a little glimpse of what these people go through together. Yeah. But this episode, man, oh, man, it was an hour of just this panel. Mm -hmm. And they did it beautifully.
1: Yeah, it was... Blowing my mind. I think first off, yeah, like to kudos to now uh, Neil Reynolds and you know the rest of the writers for Doom Patrol, but also the director and cinematographer for this episode, um, absolutely stunning. From the moment it starts the episode, you get these these tracking shots, these zoom in shots, like it's it's very much establishing it's not establishing anything. You know what the you know what Doom Manor is, but mm-hmm. it's it's The camera quality, like, I I think I noticed it in the first episode for June Patrol, and it was when Negative Man brought Robot Man out on, like, a dolly to go look at, you know, the outside Mm -hmm. to get a fresh, you know, some fresh air, and that's when I was like, man, this is so beautiful, like, these cameras are so nice, and the quality of the picture is so amazing like we don't deserve such a beautiful show (laughs) but this one it was like the directors and the cinematographers they they really punched it in the entire episode there's there's so many moments throughout this entire episode that are long just moments just soaking up a character and the way that they look a single character yeah a single character or like like they do in the beginning, like there's just these moments that that do these um, focus back and zoom in, or like move the camera forward and zoom out. Push uh, and pull is what they're yeah. called. Thank, thank Push you, pulls. Nate. <laughs> and they do it throughout the hallways of the Doom Manor, and like you could see how dusty this place is with the sunlight that's coming through the windows and illuminating all the dust in the area. It's honestly one of the most beautiful episodes you're a fan of
0: particles i know that i love particle effects (laughs) um i thought it was really cool um titled therapy patrol Mm -hmm. great title Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of i mean therapy episodes are not common in visual media but they do happen the first one that was brought that, that I thought of, um, it's kind of silly. I know that there's better examples, but the Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode when they go to therapy. Oh, it's an amazing episode. It's fantastic. I, yeah. And like, that's the point. When you have therapy episodes, you really get to break down characters and go deeper into them because mm-hmm. it is just that. It is therapist or whomever, whatever that uh, static character is, and then character mm-hmm. being their dynamic. That's almost like you're getting a monologue when you do therapy episodes. Yeah. They're perfect. And they're broken up into segments just like this was. Uh, Once it started doing the segments, I was in joy. I was like, yep, they got it. This is a therapy (laughs) episode. They know what they're doing. Yeah, Um, It was just fantastic. And it's really cool to think about other media that involves therapy sessions and things like that and then bring it to real life. It might not be as accurate as maybe as your personal therapy experience <clears throat> but it's still on the same path. You know are what we're I mean? Gonna,
1: are we going to start comparing our therapy sessions? I didn't on... know you did go to therapy. I do go to therapy. Do you go now? Like no, early? I stopped. Oh. Oh, well, I haven't gone in a while. But no, mine uh... was when I was a child. So oh, no. mine are mine... mine
0: are different than than an adult. <laughs>
1: I I have like a uh, uh, I see a therapist. <laughs> uh,
0: that's that's it's... good. I wish I could afford to see a therapist, Mark. Uh,
1: yeah, I. But once a you know, it doesn't seem as resolving as yeah. I would like it to be.
0: Maybe that's not supposed to be because I you're know, the one right? that's supposed to be resolving it. I Jesus know. Christ. And then, I was,
1: and then I was like, why am I paying for this? I can oh, just resolve buddy. my issues. My, I'm, and, you know, sometimes I would go to my therapist and I would, I, and it's almost like a, it's like a progress check. But I'm like, I'm like saying, I'm like, I'm not one of those persons that like complains and then doesn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like I... I tell my therapist like the issues I'm having and how I'm resolving them and how I'm going through it. And and normally they go, and they're just like, that's (laughs) great. That's great. I'm glad you're doing it. Like you sound like you're on the right track. And I'm like, so why am I like, I don't think I need to be here anymore Mm -hmm. because I can solve the issues in my my head on my own. Yeah. And uh, maybe this just the robot in me, but I'm like, okay, this is an issue. Go fix issue. And then my brain goes, all right, the issue is solved. (laughs) What does that so I, Self? I just like rewire my brain whenever I feel like I'm being not a good person or not good enough. And so I do it. That's good, man. I I've like that sentence a, that you just said, buddy. Um, but yeah, seeing a therapist is a great thing, even if it's just to get off on the right foot and then to maybe be like, I don't need a therapist anymore. I got the hang of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's healthy to do it, I guess. And you don't even I'm not even saying go pay for a therapist, go. You know, like maybe you could just talk to someone who's open about yeah, it. Yeah, like just, and that's what they do in this episode—just airing out your grievances. Mm-hmm. Talking to your peers is a great thing to do. It doesn't matter who your peers are, like in what format, like whether it's you know just buddies that you are acquaintances with, or you know just people in your community. But sometimes saying things in a way where you go, "Hey, I'd like to talk about something more personal."
0: Mm-hmm. That's not even necessarily airing out grievances, because that would imply that you have some sort of angst towards another person. Oh, Really, no, no. it's just oh. like, you know, I mean, I would call it venting, um, because mm-hmm. in my opinion, venting is like your own anger or feelings mm-hmm. or whatever, and then you getting them out. Yeah. Um,
1: and I think what's good about venting is sometimes you, you can vent something and then just realize how stupid oh, it yeah. was. Oh, like, yeah. Of course. And it's like, it's one of the most embarrassing feelings, but... Again, it's the rewiring of your brain thing where, like, later on you go, I'm glad I let it out, realized how mm-hmm. embarrassing it was, and then I could forget it because when you dwell on something, you might think about it so much, and then once you vent it, you're like, that was stupid. I don't know why I dwelled on it so much.
0: So I do that to this day, man. Yeah, so don't do it.
1: Nate, you got anything you got to air out <laughs> with me? <laughs> no, not with you. Not at all. Um, Yeah, so <laughs> and this episode is going to start out um with them talking in a room and sitting in sitting in the uh the den the library wherever the foyer the foyer oh french <laughs> um and but then it, it it's it like smash cuts to like a title card that says read afar mm-hmm. and so now we're gonna learn and they do this with each of them which is not necessarily an origin but a flashback of who they are yeah and the most i guess
0: it's a defining point in their life i think it's where um let me try to think it's where most of their pain i believe is most traumatic yeah it's either no not most traumatic i think it's most it's just most of their the start of their pain the start of their pain Um, where did it begin it began
1: when i met my favorite actress
0: yeah i would say hang on um it starts out with everybody in the room, but Cliff is immediately talking. Mm-hmm. So he already starts his there. We get a little bit like I've, I've at the end of the episode or more so at, at the end of Cliff's segment. Mm-hmm. I realized, oh, his start was at the beginning of the episode where mm-hmm. it was just like the one sentence. And I just got to remember what he said, because when it gets back to him, it's just it just keeps on going. Yeah. Um he didn't make a point to say, you know, Rita said, I'll go first, but Cliff made a point to say second. I was already screaming. I already did this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: Yeah, once they once they did the thing on Rita Farr and they gave her a title card, I was like, Oh, okay. So that must have already happened. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, they do this thing with Rita Far where they go they jump back in time and they jump back to um back when she's meeting her favorite um you Know the big actress at the time in, in, the, in the pictures, as they call it.
0: What year did it give a year? Uh, I think it, it was in the 40s, it probably gave a year. Um, it doesn't matter, we'll say the 40s, we'll say the 30s. How 30s, was it? And it maybe was like, roaring 20s. I think
1: it was like 1935 for right, Larry Traynor, but it could be the uh, it could be the 20s. You remember Kong, uh, King Kong. The Peter Which Jackson one, one where yeah. they were uh, detailing like the yes. pictures and stuff, and everything was on the decline because of the depression. It might have been something like that. Oh,
0: man. And that girl was scrimping and scrapping for a role in a movie.
1: Um, but there's a there was a lot of things that hit me at first with Rita Farr, and... What's, what's great about the way that this episode rolls out is it kind of rolls out the way I would like to talk about the show is where we talk about characters and each of their moments and then kind of like a wrap-up. like This yeah. this episode does that where it's like... It's perfect it's, for podcasts. It's like, here's the Rita Farr bit. Mm-hmm. Let's talk everything about Rita Farr and then Larry Traynor and then Victor Stone and mm-hmm. then end with all of them but, um, and then end with like the conclusion. Uh, and boy, does this episode
0: have a conclusion. Conclusion question mark? <laughs> yeah. The and- and? I, I, and blood all on the letters and um, Crypt um Keeper comes up and he's like that was, on. that was that was my cryptkeeper was it good i don't know i don't <laughs> I've, I've
1: only seen the pictures of him i never watched the content
0: my mother had a t-shirt of him when we were growing up as a kid she scared the shit out of me every <laughs> every time and then i realized like oh it's a puppet and I was like oh okay
1: Puppets scare me too. Um,
0: what's your What's the scariest puppet you've ever come in contact with? Oh, like f- Dark Crystal or something. F- yeah, the
1: fiery the f- the fireies from, um, Labyrinth.
0: Oh, Labyrinth. Okay. Yeah, we're going the to- the orange guys that mm-hmm. take
1: their heads off and like eat their eyes, and it's like I can't do it. That's till this day. The Labyrinth yeah, fireies ruined my life. They ruined everything for me. Also, that Big Bird episode where he turns blue. He gets adopted by yeah. his bird parents. Yeah. Whatever that was, that, that movie freaks me out.
0: I think John Carpenter still freaks me out, man. Oh yeah. That body dysmorphia is uh, it's uh, a it's a it's upsetting. It's not so hey, Rita Far. Good segue. Good segue. Oh, applause. <laughs> to Nate. Um anyway, Rita Far is not as scary as a body dysmorphia because I But you know what is scary? Don't know what? Uh and this is what I want to talk about first of all when I was starting to write notes for the episode
1: was just okay, so Rita Far, her real her as a child meeting, she won this pageant and she gets to go see her favorite actress. And um she's like the actress is asking questions about you know how she's doing and her parents are like you know, she's she's you know, really gunning to be in pictures as she grows up and when you know, she does all her voice lessons and she'll be in the talkies. Yeah. And it's, it boggles my mind how this is a real thing that people deal with. And to this day, like, if you put your kid through the pageant circuit, like, yeah, there's a TV show about it. Yeah. And I'm, I know someone who does do that with their kid. And I'm just like, I mean, I guess it's cool, but not for me. Not. I don't find it even acceptable. Like, I think of it as... It's it's on the same level as dog training. And I... Even that, I'm like, that sounds whack. Your dogs are your best friend. Your child is your child. Mm-hmm.
0: I, you're training your kid. What about horses? It's like...
1: It's like training a horse.
0: I mean, like, is that the same thing? It's, I don't know. I, I think I, I'm, I'm more on the side of dog training and stuff because I'm more of a dogs being domesticated man's best man person's best friend i mean
1: i think of my cats as like a family man. yeah exactly They're, they exactly. are my exactly. children
0: i don't really like to think of dogs being bred to be show dogs and bred to be these things and yeah. all, the, all those things yeah, yeah but I when know. it comes to horses i i think i still i think i feel the same way say like, hey just let the horse be a horse if yeah, you I if know. you if he wants to be a riding horse let him be a
1: riding horse yeah. but but don't you don't have to break his legs to win a trophy you know yeah. what i mean like i don't and the same thing with your kids like your kid's going to grow up and be like, I don't want to fucking do this. Mm-hmm. I don't just, I didn't ask for this. I, maybe I just want to fucking live on a
0: farm and just frolic and run around and, yeah, and do things. Maybe, maybe I want to be a web designer or maybe I want to like. You ever seen a horse web designer? Hey, it's not too late. <laughs> what does BoJack Horseman do? Does he do web design? I have no idea. I've never watched the show. I hear it's good.
1: Um, but like, it's, it's one of those things where I, I absolutely hate it. I and I don't agree with it, but if that's if that's for you and your kid and both you and your kid agree on it, cool man. Cool. But I yeah, just listening to the dialogue where where the mother's explaining like, "No, no, no, use your use your 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 stage name, your your real name." Mm-hmm. Rita Far, and it's like, "Nope. Don't like that."
0: Mm. <laughs> Not one bit. She puts on an accent, too. Yeah, she like... Hoity-toity or whatever you want to call it. Posh? Posh. Not Spice. My favorite Spice Is she? Girl? Yeah. yeah. Is it, she's a uh, uh, Beckham. The, the only one that... Didn't... Victoria Beckham? What? Isn't that Posh Spice? Victoria Beckham? Is that David name? David Beckham's wife? Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that
1: the thing? I know that she's the only one that didn't sign up to be on the Spice Girls reunion. The Spice World reunion. Um, Probably because she's like, I don't need this. I'm married to David <laughs> I'm Beckham. I'm married to David Beckham. I would. Me too um but um
0: but yeah uh, uh, yep yep oh my gosh one day mark what that's breaking news what do you mean mel c says victoria beckham skipped on the spice girls reunion tour because and then the article cuts off
1: that was old news dude
0: that's one day ago from entertainment tonight et the
1: i thought that was old news i read that like months ago
0: um because she's petrified of performing I would be too. That sounds like my problem.
1: You done it. She was a Spice Girl. She doesn't owe the world anything. Um, But yeah, it was just kind of like a, I see where the trauma is started with Rita Farr being that like, this is who you have to be. And it's like, you have to be this person. And that's where all the trouble starts is this, this overwhelming amount of demand for you to be Rita Farr, Mm -hmm. like all the time. Um, and then we cut to the present, and she's doing, like, a little bit of the same thing she did in uh, the Teen Titans Doom Patrol, where she, you know, every day she wakes up, she's just like... A blob. A blob, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she's really struggling with, like, re- regaining that...
0: Um, form. That form. But then she... Corporeal form? No, it's still corporeal. Of course, a blob is still corporeal. Uh, humanoid form, I guess you can even say. Um.
1: But then we get to this. So she's trying to make it down for this meeting, and she, um, it's a very comical way of doing it. But she like basically slips through a grate, and it, I'm pretty sure this happens in like Monsters Inc, where the guy like goes through like a grate or something. This happened in some like yeah, like, like slime guy. He just like slipped through the grate or something. Did that happen? Didn't like, it
0: happen in Monsters, Inc.? Maybe it did happen in Monsters, Inc. Um, I feel like I'm thinking of a different thing where that happened. That seems very familiar to me. Like yeah. something like just like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. And like <laughs> yeah. getting like stuck and, and, and flowing down the... And
1: it's just the eyes are
0: left. Oh, no. Is it Orville? Uh, no, no. Um, close though. Uh, family Guy. Um, there was one where Peter got no bones. I wish for no bones, and like he was essentially this <laughs> yeah. blob going around. Um, he was a stumbling like, block in Hollywood, <laughs> or he was a landing man. Yeah, he in was a- <laughs> <laughs> But he uh, kind of, like, drained himself down the bathtub. Yeah. Like he, I don't know. That Black wasn't slipping cool through world. a grate, though. But sli- slipping, slime person, slime being slipping through a grate is...
1: And it was a person, and the eyes were left. I think that was a Monsters, ink reference or something. I
0: feel like that was a Monsters, ink, but I feel like I also know it from other things as yeah. well. <laughs> but um... So, like, seeing it happen to Reader far, it's like, one, I can relate to it, because I've seen that, and two, it, it, the logic holds up. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you're it, slipping through, and it's gotta suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: yeah, I, the the CGI seems to, in my opinion, it seems to be going up. Like it, like I for, oh for sure yeah like I, I seem to notice like a like a bump in quality um, from the first pilot episode into now, and and I think like it looks great, it looks fantastic, um, and and so she's like slipping through this great great. And she goes through like all the pipes of the furnace and, and all that stuff. And it's, it's really, really, really cool stuff. Um, in a, in a very comical way. Um, but then it gets deep. It gets deep real quick. Um, where, cause she's still fighting with it and they do some great stuff with, with CGI and, and practical performance where she's like getting her arms to work and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it, it was really cool seeing that on, on screen, Um, but then she, she talks about like, you know, like her mantra to keep her, uh, whole is to keep saying, you know, like the person who's breathing is me. The person who's breathing is Rita far.
0: It's a Mento. Yeah. You know, Mento put that in her head.
1: Um, and then she says like, yeah, the person who is breathing is a huge ball of slime. Like maybe I've always been a huge Mm -hmm. ball of slime. And that was, you know, that's a very, in my opinion, it's a very doom patrol thing where we start to get into that. It's like, Maybe I've always been a disappointment yeah. and maybe I'm always not going to be uh, in this. This is like different, but it's like maybe you think in life, like maybe I'm I've always been not good enough for this or that. And, and you start to reach these breaking points. Um, And I don't know if if accepting that is
0: the healing or maybe just resetting yourself. To- it's part of the healing. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, you have to. I'd, I'd, uh, I'm not a therapist, but in my opinion, if you got problems that you're dealing with, you got to first admit it to yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm working on that in my own self. Mm-hmm. And buddy, it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. I mean, I don't... And I, it doesn't happen in a quick 20 seconds when you're a blob on the floor trying to regain your your, your physical form. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing that happens in one episode where you just realize... Oh, I'm a piece of shit. Okay, I can live with my life now. No, No, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and still think, damn, why am I a piece of shit? I'm still a piece of shit. Am I a piece of shit? Oh, boy. It's just a spiral.
1: Yeah, but instead of saying, oh, boy, at the end of it, that's when you start to, you have to either take the steps back to clean up after it or take the steps further to, um, Start a new process.
0: So, are you trying to say Rita Farr needs to just strap a mop to her back so whenever she starts <laughs> sliding around, she's like got to clean up after? self cleaning yeah. <laughs> slug. This is an idea. <laughs> we are going to sell this to I all like the slugs. This. They will all buy this product. I like this and idea. And we're going
1: <laughs> to equip a tiny mop to every slug on earth. Yeah. And they will be self cleaning.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it would probably have huge environmental effects. The yeah, bad ones. The bad ones. Yeah. It's like, hey, there's no more slug slime in this yeah. earth. Uh it's the equivalent to bees dying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this slime is actually very important. We need that.
0: Probably. Um
1: but um yeah, there you know um there's these things about like I guess like resetting yourself. Well, not resetting yourself, but like understand coming in terms of who you are and and I think this This reminds me a lot of... Nate, we do another podcast where we talk about Suicide Squad. Um, By each
0: individual minute. By
1: each individual minute, like we did with Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice. But anyways, in Suicide Squad, we reach this moment, one of the few golden moments of Suicide Squad, where they're in this bar and they're talking about... Diablo's giving a a slap-in-the-face pep talk to Will Smith's Deadshot. And he's saying... You know, like, we're all here because we're we're owning up to stuff that we did in our past. Like, it's coming around. The things that we have done is coming back to us. Like, this is... It's karma. This is hell. Mm-hmm. This is your hell. This is what you are being dealt with because of who you are. You have been judged, and you are here. Um And that happened in Suicide Squad, and this is happening, in my opinion, to... Well, is that, Rita Farr believes it's happening to her. That is where she's coming to terms with it. She's thinking... The person who is breathing is a huge ball of slime because my entire life I have just been one big ball of slime to everyone that I've ever known, and so this is this kind of goes back to what the Archons in the Nurnheim were saying, where it's like this is what Rita Farr thinks of herself, and then this is what you truly are, and it, and it would be more like you are a huge boss line mm-hmm. because that is how you've always acted to others, how you've acted to yourself. Um, and you lie and say that the facade is Rita Farr. Like the shell, when, when she's a f- full human being and she looks like uh, April Bowlby, that's still just like, it's like an M M shell of like all the messed up stuff that's going on in her system um, physically now. And so it, it was a really cool moment. I'm I'm glad they did that because that is her coming to terms with it. Um, and again, to bring, bring back this whole theme, that loneliness is the theme of this whole episode. There's no one here to help her. This is just her mm-hmm. talking it with herself. Um, she's always been lonely because her parents were never really there. They were just there to make sure that she did things that could get her into the pictures. And, And they were not real parents. They didn't care for her, you know, besides that. To to them, she was just a trophy, you know, and and I think that speaks volumes to the theme that is loneliness. But, um, yeah, Uh, there was a great moment later on where, um, once she had gotten out of this whole situation um, and she basically owned up to the fact that, you know, she is this ball of slime, uh, where she's got like her legs are still like all messed up and um uh, they were like, What happened to your legs? And she was like, I was stuck in a furnace and no one could help me and Cliff Steel was like, um just you know Like that's the metaphor. That's that's, the, metaphor. It's, that's it's, like, a no, metaphor like, for a, all of this. It was a literal furnace. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, it was so well done.
0: It was really good. Yeah, she she ends up uh kind of gaining herself back mm-hmm. um when she reaches the top of the stairs from the basement and then falls right back into it. Maybe she loses concentration. Maybe uh, she gets stressed out again because of the tra- things, that, yeah. things that transpire within the house. Yeah, there's a... Um,
1: you know, not only loneliness, like loneliness is the big theme, but I also notice a lot of things as far as anxiety that people deal with that. And then she definitely deals with it. Like she's, she's messed up. But I, again, it's all because of her past, you know. Um, this next character we're going to talk about, I keep saying it, but it's Nate, how do you feel about Negative Man? Because it seems like such an important character to you. Larry trainer, so mm-hmm. I wanted to get your snap take about Larry trainer in general like in, in this his chapter of things
0: i'm his chapter of things was great it's it's um again it's 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 the character um admitting to himself his his faults and and all of these things that make up who he is now, or you know the mm-hmm. things that he did that make made him who he is now um the main thing i'm I'm loving about Larry Trainor and Negative Man is that it is taking this entire season for, I mean, it's really doing it for everybody, but Larry Trainer, I was always the one to go into a Doom Patrol book knowing that Larry Trainor was like the the least damaged out of all of them, and that's kind of putting it mildly. He maybe not least damaged. Um, he's the one that's more in touch with his metahuman yeah, ability I, I and his s- other I see self. what you're saying. You know what yes, I mean? Exactly. And maybe that's because we, we we have so much of Rebus content and Rebus is a completely different character than Negative Man. Yeah, it's still Negative Man and he still does Negative Man things, but the character of Rebus is something that is still to this day n- n- still unknown to me. Um, it's still hard for me to actually grasp the full character of Rebus because that's that's still that's that's hard, um, and and Larry Trainer in this show is nothing like that. So me going into a Doom Patrol book thinking that Rebus is going to be there and going to know exactly what to do, to use brute force to stop the thing or to be, uh, you know, play the mental game and 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 do the logic thinking about it. Um, it seems like Negative Man has more of a handle on himself and his ability than everybody else in Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Not, not in this show, and I'm loving that it's still taking all of this time for. La- I mean, this is episode seven out of what thirteen that we were going to say at yeah, fifteen, so you know, halfway there, pretty much. Yeah, halfway. Um, and it's he's still not like I know why this negative spirit is here. It's it's still just you know a mystery to him. And that's great. Because normally, Larry Trainer knows that it's another entity. It's the negative force. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, in some iterations, it's feeding off the negative energy. In some iterations, it's a cosmic being that is just trapped in him. At no point yeah. in time is he real in this show, at no point in time is he realizing that he needs to understand that one. He's trying to, and it's hard for him, but he still falls back into his own misery. And it stops him from getting closer to the negative spirit. And I think that's the point.
1: Yeah, the... I think uh,
0: at the end of his segment here, it's it's a big step for Larry Trainer, big, yeah, huge I, step for Larry Trainer, yeah, yeah, and possibly we're going to get on the path of him branching out more and being more involved and doing all these things. I love that he's a recluse in this. I mm-hmm. love that he's just like I can't, I'm not doing this. This isn't me. I'm I'm done with this. This isn't it. I like that he is a pissed off guy that has lived 60 years you know 50 years longer than he was supposed to or whatever i love that he is like the i mean he's one of the epitomes of depression in my opinion and that's good that i can see it on screen and see it uh characterized and it's it's not just depression depression it's 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 fighting with your inner self it's it's you know fighting with all the negative things that you have going on in your mind It's cynicism. It's nihilism. It's all of that compact into one being Dialed to 11 mm-hmm. and he's
1: a little bit of apathy in there. Yeah, too, because he's, he's kind of like over it in a sense.
0: Yeah, exactly yeah. he's over it without even like like Yeah, he's been the this this creature this being for 60 years yeah. But he hasn't even done anything about it. He's just lived with it, which is so cool Because I've never thought about negative man just living with the negative spirit. I've never thought of negative man having to wake up, look into a mirror, and sigh as he's wrapping his bandages on him. Yeah, the way... And and just just be like... And go through the motions of doing that. I felt like that on some levels, just waking up and going to work in the morning. I'm sure I'm not alone in this situation. Yeah. But when you take that... And you put all the negative energy inside of you, and you dial it to eleven, and you still have to wake up in the morning and go to a team meeting in fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. dude. I get why you lay back in bed. Yeah. I understand it. I love Larry Trainer and Negative Man in this.
1: It's 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 amazing the way it even starts out, um, and it you know they they put uh, Matt Bomber in in this in this crazy makeup,
0: amazing makeup. It's, You've seen I, the, you've seen the, 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 the behind the, the scenes, of the video. They, oh my yeah. gosh! And applause, standing said, applause. I've
1: said it before. I'll say it again. It looks more impressive than how Ryan Reynolds looks in Deadpool with his, yeah, his scarring, and because it, it just looks like Ryan Reynolds, and but it's not. It doesn't look, it doesn't look painful.
0: It's it, like Ryan Reynolds in the Deadpool thing. Like took a page. Uh, rip the page out of freddy krueger it was like okay apply it to 100 percent of the body
1: yeah but this looks I think freddy krueger is 100% i don't know this burning. one just looks more painful oh uh, yeah and it. It's,
0: lo- oh my, it's like it looks like there's like cosmic like it should like it should be like synapses firing right underneath his skin or something like yeah. that it looks like it burns it looks yeah. like it burns bad and not just like, were, oh, I got a burn blister, like third degree, I'm just it, pantomiming, I think but it, like it's not like <laughs> a third degree fire burn, it's like cosmic crazy wacko burn and jet fuel mixed in with that.
1: I'll never forget the Venture Brothers episode with the Fantastic Four, but mm-hmm. it wasn't Fantastic Four. And, you can compare it to this. And, and that was one of the first, that was one of the first ones, um, and yeah, I know the Fantastic Four and Tomb Patrol, they have similar comparisons like Incredibles or X-Men and whatnot, but um Venture brothers their version of the fantastic four was like the first time as a kid where i went oh that guy is in a lot of pain because he has to the johnny storm guy the human torch one yeah and he was like on fire and stuff and i was like Holy crap that's that's got to be painful and that's how i feel with this is like that dude doesn't have any skin like imagine exposed flesh like all of your body and it's like anything you touch. Like imagine if like your s- feet didn't have any skin and you were stepping on carpet, like how painful would that feel?
0: Uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Remember when they took all of uh, Carl's skin off? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> stepping or up. when he was like eyeballs as he well. He was just yeah. all eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's
1: just like all painful. It's just super painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, the, I, I, yeah, I kind of feel that.
0: And um, so I'm still thinking that the negative spirit is there still feeding off of Larry trainer. If Larry trainer is not, pissed off at himself and his decisions and all these things that he did to make himself who he is now that he thinks he is this bad person. I think that the negative energy won't be there if he's not thinking that. So it's a symbiotic relationship where he, his perpetual sadness and depression and all these things are feeding the negative energy. I'm still a believer that the negative Spirit is there torturing him because that's what it does. It's not doing it to spite him. It's not doing it to punish him. It's doing it because that is what that being is created and designed to do. That's its purpose. Yeah,
1: well, he's got to, at some point, they've got to don him the name Negative Man. hmm and, there, and there's got to be... Or Rebus. Dude, if that spirit starts talking and starts
0: saying things like Rebus, I'm going to flip I, out.
1: If, I guess if they do come to an agreement and they reach a a balance, they could spin the Rebus thing like that where they go, we are whole now. Yeah. And so now we are like uh, almost like a cosmic divine thing mm-hmm. now because we've come to an agreement with sharing one body. Mm-hmm. Um, they could very much do that.
0: I don't think it's going to happen. I'm, I, I think what's going to happen is that they're going to call it the negative yeah. spirit. We can just shoot like for the stars. Do. And if yeah.
1: anything... What is it? No, shoot for the moon because you end up in the
0: stars. What is shoot that? for the moon and you end up hitting a star or yeah. something. Shoot for you the might moon burn up you, in the sun. Yeah, throw spaghetti on a wall, see what sticks. Yeah. I think uh, that's, the, that, that's a real phrase. <laughs> <that. laughs> um, We're doing funny stuff.
1: But, um, yeah... the Again, kudos to the cinematographer. The way that Larry Trainer wakes up with all that makeup, and then they focus in on him, and he he has that moment that we all do, where you get up in bed and you just stare because it's people do it. You just go, "I don't want to do this today. Mm -hmm. I'm about to just call in and quit my job right here." I'm like, "I'm," and so he's talking to negative spirits. Like, what what do you say, bud? Just stay home or anything? But I thought what you said earlier about uh, making progress. Yeah, this is definitely that episode. If anything, it's like the jump from episode one to episode seven. This is the progress report where they have made they all each one of them has made one step mm-hmm. further. Um, um, And with Larry Trainer, I think this is like the first time ever where he like almost invites the negative spirit to come out and go see what because the, mm-hmm. there there's a huge commotion somewhere in Doom Manor. And he says, "You want to go check that out or anything and and it leaves the body, and you know negative man is left alone, yeah um, yeah,
0: he says you want to go be a hero. I want to backtrack a little bit, yeah, um when he wakes up and he goes to the mirror and he 's starting putting all the bandages one I love that scene, it mm-hmm. was a ama- like i said i i I have yet to see imagery of him waking up and and having to dress himself and and prepare himself, um so it was really good to see the makeup exposed flesh all these things wrapping himself up with bandages how intricate it is how perfect he gets it he's been doing it for 60 years i mean like he's just been doing this which is great the music that's playing fantastic fantastic couldn't find the song i don't know what it is it might be original I it think, might be anything. yeah i, I think don't it's know. just original uh, Or maybe it's a sample of something yeah. um but like that 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 low i don't even know what it. it's not chill hop or whatever it is but it's like a, it has it has a synth it's got a synth in it and i love it when synthesizers have just like a single tones kind of like a stranger things right at at the crescendo of the stranger things intro Mm -hmm. whatever those like synth hits Mm -hmm. synth power chords are amazing (laughs) and it makes it feel i don't know if it's if it's just me but it still makes it feel cosmic like yeah i feel like i'm playing a space video game i feel like i'm doing something that involves outside of, of earth
1: yeah but more so than just being synth vibes there i mean it has a vibe but it's a very sorrow vibe oh it's and some it's, of the most perfect music yeah. that
0: you would ever describe negative man to in so we'll opinion. have to look
1: uh once we're done with this show we'll, or if it's like negative man theme
0: oh <gasps> that's
1: great <laughs> we'll have to look at who uh composed the music and then and then look into that um but jimmy Urine, jimmy Urine, james uringer um he does synth uh, compositions-type music for, excuse me, like video games and, and films and stuff and like Marvel that. Marvel and all these things. Um, he did an album called The Cinematic Sounds of Jimmy Urin or something like that. Um, Patty Hearst has a track on that. Very good song. But he does similar stuff to this. Does he? I haven't listened that, to that album yeah. yet. Um, yeah, It's like a... Yeah, just go listen to it. Um, but uh, this this seems like that. I'm not saying James Urincher did this, but... It is very much in that kind of tone, and and I love it. And I, I both you and I were just like, "Yo, this is a hard hitting piece," mm-hmm. and I and it was so perfect and so well placed. Uh, so kudos to the editing, uh, musical editing on that one. Um, but yeah, this is this is a this is a rough one because this is, this is a strong this, segment. This is a thing people still deal with today, mm-hmm. and I think it's. I have to be thankful. That I don't have this burden in my life, just having trouble of expressing who you are mm-hmm. in any sense. I mean, I guess so. I deal with like just racial bias because that's the thing people deal with. But there are people who deal with like bias for their sexuality, bias for their skin color, and bias for ideas, just ideals. their gender, even. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 being. <sighs> Being judged for your sexuality is it's just it doesn't make any sense like it doesn't add up like Mm-mm. it just like it's so it's so weird it is so weird and and foreign to me and and I hope as we grow as the human race as we grow more advanced like we start to look back on these things and go it doesn't make any sense why I would judge someone like that like and there's a great moment where uh, Matt Bomber's character is is talking to the image, the illusion of his old lover, um, and 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 he explains that like what's missing in this fake facade memory is is the context of what like the idea that the him and his lover would 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 be living happily mm-hmm. in this f- memory is with zero context. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like you're absolutely right. Like it's the perfect line that they wrote in that script. Was like mm-hmm. the context. You're the con- missing the context.
0: Yeah, because it's essentially he's he's put into this dream that the negative spirit is kind of putting him into. He's reliving his memories. They share memories. Um, so it, it, it's trying. In my opinion, I got like it's a okay. You need to rest here. I'm going to take you to a happy place. One of your happy memories that you like, and he is instantly furious one because the detail is not there but two it's because we finally get to it because of the context mm-hmm. and he cannot just sit and enjoy this however this little dream of being happy and being where he actually wants to and his feelings are in the right place and all this all this all this but it is missing the exact context you I mean you can do it to this day you can go to sleep and have a dream about something amazing even if it is derived from like past memories. Maybe it was with someone special. Maybe it was just something of a passion that you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But then you wake up and then you have that soul crushing feeling of, oh my God, that was just a, yeah. uh, yeah." And it's, oh my God, that was just a dream. And you kind of trick yourself into thinking, I want to go back into that. That was so good. I really liked that dream. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. But not a lot of people stop and say, fuck that, the context was all wrong. My breakup was horrible. I am mm-hmm. miserable right now. Mm-hmm. Why would my subconscious try to make me feel happy with false information?
1: Yeah, the, the, it happens a lot. Like we seem to only retain the good memories, for, as, especially if we're going to be dealing about like intimate relationship with past people. Like a lot of the times, we think back at who we were with and, um. There, there were bad memories. I speak from experience like... Oh, I was speaking from experience with yeah, yeah. my just
0: little yeah. spout just and there. it's just
1: like, it's like, ooh, I, I did enjoy that, but uh, nearly destroyed my heart back then, mm-hmm. just how fucked up it was. So, you know, just the, the context. It was such a great line. It was good delivery. It.
0: <laughs> it was good, because, and it was also in a fit of rage that... Um, was it his his uh, John Bauer? Bauer was it John Bauer? Barrows, 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 something Barrows? like that. John, whatever. John, John is, is 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 kind of talking to him as his mm-hmm. subconscious, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Not really the negative energy. It's 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 a subconscious. It's subtle. Yeah, it's almost it's like not like his pushing. Subconscious. Yeah, I yeah. think it is his subconscious because it's like why aren't you why aren't you accepting this? Just live with it. Just mm-hmm. just be here. Be be here now. That's mm-hmm. a mantra. That's a saying. Um, who says? I think Ramdas. Be here now? Uh, Don't quote me. Um, Anyway, uh, what what Larry goes and, and then does is just get super angry and pissed off. And then he finally is shouting the things that he needed to admit to himself that you don't deserve this. You were crazy. You're insane for thinking that you could live a happy life with John and all this lie, and and that wasn't it. You're insane for thinking that John was open about the relationship that wasn't in the same shit that you were dealing with. And it's just... it. It's a very selfish thing that you have to admit to yourself. You have to admit that you that were wrong. Selfish. Yeah, you have to admit that you were selfish, you were wrong, and that you were a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And that is really really hard to do genuinely i can go home tomorrow i can i mean i can go home tonight and look in the mirror and say nate you're a piece of shit i don't like what you're doing with your life but you're a piece of shit but i'm not 100 percent believing it i can say it all i want but i don't wake up tomorrow and 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 say it again you know i say well i just i was just really feeling down that night i was just in a bad spot in a bad place and I'm not, you know, you're not fully admitting it to yourself. Whereas Negative Man right now in this dream that he actually is fully admitting it to himself. Maybe he was denying it for the past 60 years. Maybe he just was putting it out of his mind. Whatever. But he's finally in a spot where his subconscious wants him to be happy. And he's not allowing that to happen because he has to admit to himself that he doesn't deserve that. Not even in his dreams. How upsetting is that?
1: Well, I, you know, yeah, I think he's... He's got to face the music or he's got to stop it. He's got to stop mm-hmm. the, the dreams from being so fake. Yeah. Um, he's taking a stand like, you know, I'm not going to take it anymore. I got to make, I got to set things right. And, and the truth is, is that this wasn't happy. This mm-hmm. wasn't, this is was, what, that's what I wish happened, but mm-hmm. that's not the reality of it. And I have to face the reality of it because that's, what's causing the issues. Um, Again, it, it it that theme of loneliness comes back where it's like he was lonely or alienated because of his sexuality. Um, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that he was, he always had John there because, you know, it was more so like he couldn't have a life with John because he was so alienated and lonely and unsupported and... It's just a mess. Um But moving on to our next character in our um therapy flashback is we get to talk about Victor Stone Cyborg and almost immediately the first thing that happens with Victor Stone is he wakes up and I notice that the the cut on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's growing, right? Or is that just it's, me?
0: It's no, it's being more predominantly metal cuz yeah. last episode it was starting to get a little metal and there was like little hexagon things that were kind of like mm-hmm. f- uh healing them up or whatever. Now it's just straight metal, which is kind of scaring me, man.
1: Yeah, it like
0: again, it's going back to that whole thing that we keep talking about and, you know, the 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 persona taking over. It's scary. It's scary to see this cyborg going through that right now. I don't know if I've ever seen I saw a big tragic event when in in Forever Evil um when Cyborg you know separates from the 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 grid in um Trinity War Yeah 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 but that was like a big like uh, not even big that was just like a boom it happened This is a slow burn where we're witnessing like things like the metal taking over his body from just a cut Imagine if that whole arm gets blown off again you know up to his chest is it just going to then fall? form just bing bing bing, bing 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 metal 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 and then just heal himself silas doesn't have to come with the uh with the prosthetics and and build him back again it's just going to do it on his own that's where i'm thinking about this and that's that's scary it's i'm scared for cyborg man it's a it's a scary thing
1: um the, the you know realizing the potential enemy that grid is uh we've talked about it we talked about grid many times we love talking about grid Um, and so for those listening to this show, if you found this show, great job. And you've been listening to us talk about grid, but some people don't, I think now this episode is when they start to realize
0: something's not right. Something's not right with
1: grid. This is like a a smart house, you know, like a Skynet type thing where people start to go, wait a minute.
0: Were you referencing smart house like the actual smart houses or the movie smart house? The Disney smart house, (laughs) the DCOM movie. um but yeah the
1: trying to think here this is the first time people start to at least within the show they start to go hey this is a red flag what is happening with cyborgs like operating system and boy if you don't know about grid please read something about grid at least i don't know just grid is a big red flag the fact that they even mentioned him in the second episode, Nate and I were like... Bad news. <laughs> hey, that's not a good thing. You yep. can't just say that guy's name. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I hope that there's a nice way to go around Grid showing up, but the bad way is that all the metal just rips off of Cyborg, leaving Victor Stone a heapless mass of human flesh, and Grid you know, builds himself up as a, as a robot. Um, it's a completely horrifying experience. So, uh, will they do that in this show?
0: I hope so. (laughs) It seems like the track that they're going on. I don't know if it's going to be as, uh, graphic, violent, gratuitous. I mean, it's an art. This is a, they wanted this platform for these type of things. Yeah. I'm, but again, I'm like also thinking like that requires all the cybernetics to leave Victor Stone and Mm -hmm. leaving him just the torso and head. Which we did see. They did show that when they showed the accident a few episodes back. What did they
1: do in New 52 after that? What happened? Like Cyborg, I mean...
0: Uh, Batman brought him back and... Gave him a new robot body? I think he gave him a version that was like obsolete or whatever, like an older one. Mm -hmm. And then he just ended up fixing it up or something like that. I think that's what happened. I don't remember. But Mm -hmm. that's... I remember Batman taking him back and being like, well... We gotta do something about this. Yeah, him and
1: Catwoman were like, yeah. "We have this half body. Mm-hmm. What do we do?" Is he? and they're like, "He's still alive." And I was like, "That dude should not be still alive. That yeah. dude is dead." Um, but yeah, he wakes up. He's the scar is, in my opinion, more pronounced than it was before. And um, he looks at
0: it, so it's it's supposed to draw your attention. But yeah, it's you get the shimmer. It's it's fully metal healed, which is it's scary. It's like his his skin cells won't. His skin cells are obsolete now. Yeah, his obsolete tissue good, is just yeah. not there. It's just, and and that's exactly and where for, it is. It's for, cyborg. Yeah,
1: and for machines, you know, the the wave of obsolescence is like that's common. That is. Mm-hmm. That is the way of life, and not to get back on robot versus human talk, but it, it, that is just
0: basic evolution. The evolution yeah. of technology is a thousand times faster than yeah, that of, of anything and else. And <laughs>
1: so, and so, in Grid's mind, it may not be bad. Where he's like, "I'm taking over your body," but it's more like, "No, this is this it's is what machines This do. is more advanced. Mm-hmm. This, hey, your your cells aren't cutting it. My cells are better, and so I will repair you." To be the best that you can be, but that requires that you become a full robot, full uh, robot, not just cyborg. Um, and so that's where the red flags start with this with this kind of thing. And now that he um, he basically um, isolated his whole system away from Silas Stone using the SAT key that he stole from him in the last
0: episode. Is that a is that a word that I'm supposed to know? SAT key? Yeah, uh, sure, you can know that. You don't have to. No, know. I don't know what SAT key is. What is a SAT key? You don't have to. It's just... Is it a technology thing? It's just like a... It's a master key? Is it a skeleton key for it, technology?
1: In in it's a way card, that they're treating it, it's like a KVM for Silas Stone.
0: Multipass?
1: Yes. What is a KVM? A KVM is Keyboard Video Mouse Acronym, but it's like a... like. But they were using... He was using the... He was using the SAT key to check the diagnostics of Cyborg, but then he could also control things because. He oh, had... is
0: that the that's the the flash drive he stole off his dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that was the SAT key. That's a SAT key, and a SAT yeah. key is just a it's a master program. It's a master key. It's yeah, just a, it's it gives a him a
1: console and everything yeah. to Cyborg's body, but he took it, then hacked himself to be shut down as like a uh, isolated. So he's just on his own gateway. There's no. There's no connecting into him now, um, and and so, it, the, like, there's this whole like Tinder reference that happens. It's very, uh, it's it's of the time. It's of the time. It, it's fine. It's good for cyborg. It's it, you know he's, um, what the heck is that?
0: You that's see? the yeah. That's the cosmic map. You didn't see that first? Oh when yeah. He's, yeah. When he's like doing... The a, do multiverse. A, well, it's a it's a search for. Oh now it's called on oh, all known universes so it shows earths, yeah. like universes i don't th- I don't know if it's necessarily tapped into the multiverse I don't think it's gone that yeah, deep i think yet. they already figured it out
1: i mean those are un universes universes universe universi
0: Universe-i. Universe-i pictures
1: universace you
0: know, oh that's a good one
1: um but um
0: yeah how old is Victor Stone now do we think it said he set it up when he as a joke the little cash app. Oh, I guess twenty two. C a z h.
1: I will put money down for twenty two. If I'm wrong, let me know.
0: Twenty two, twenty three is what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to go so far as to say like you know our age 26, 26. 26? Oh my god, no, I'm not twenty six. How I'm old am 26. I? Twenty
1: six. You're twenty
0: seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, there was um, like a booyah thing. There was a booyah reference. They talk about it,
1: but I think. You know, most importantly, we got to talk about
0: wait hang, the booyah reference. It said you said booyah thirty-one times since oh, 31 the, times since the since accident. accident. I, can you do a quick search? of How many episodes of Teen Titans animated series? How many
1: times did Cyborg say booyah in Teen Titans?
0: That's it's got to be something like that. Where it's maybe not however many episodes because he wasn't in all the episodes, but probably however what did he say once per episode
1: i'm sure that it could have been a thing like oh issue 31 of cyborg where he first said booyah or something like that
0: booyah was a thing that they adapted to i mm, now i don't know and i don't want to be wrong i want to say it first showed up in the teen titans animated but now it's like Now I would believe if someone said, no, he did say that in, you know, George Perez's 1980 Teen Titans. I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, I believe it. (laughs) I mean, you can YouTube, like,
1: there's, like, Cyborg Booyah count. And so it'll just go through, like, all the time. Go
0: to the the end of the video, see how what's the count that's up. Do they
1: think they have a count? If it's 31, it'd be shocking. Um, But while I find this out, like, so they're going through this Cash app. Mm -hmm.
0: What do you think that's a reference to? It's Tinder. What is cash though? Is t- is is cash a word? You got to cash in on, or is it cash me on outside the, on the honey's? I don't know. Cash in on the honey's. Cash me outside. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like an obvious like, oh yeah, we can we can take cash and draw, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. He's going through his profile. It has like 260 something messages, 67 or something like that messages, um, you know, that were disabled. Silas didn't want any distractions. He was a real uh, overprotective parent, if you want to go down that route. More so, he was probably just protecting his property. <laughs> Silas Stone is not the best guy. He's not the best dad. So I wouldn't think that he tech you know always saw vic as his son and more of just an asset so anyway um he's swiping through he finally he's talking to some people and they're all just wanting him to be oh my god you're cyborg oh show me your metal parts part i loved, by the way it was great <laughs> um and all this stuff and then he finally meets uh this one girl he he refines his search to something where it's like did he say filter out metahuman mentions or something like that? Yeah, no mention of metahumans. So or like cyborg, trying to find yeah. someone that just has no idea that yeah. a guy in a red cape is flying around in the sky. Um, so he finds this little nurse, uh, Mel, Mel, I think is what her name was. Good name. Um, yes. And uh, they begin chit-chatting and everything like that. And it gets to a point where it's like, uh, show me a more recent photo, because the only photos he got are him as, as a high school 18-year-old. Um, yeah. And then he just does. A, a, he's got a camera in his finger. Great, I yes, loved it. Yeah, um, it's better than just like a little flip up thing, like coming out of yeah. his hand or something. Anyway, it's a little camera in his finger, and he. Wh- I get the whole like cyborg ever, lift your don't shirt" don't thing. Ever do but this I also photo. think it it has to have be been a jab at these uh, hunky dudes on these dating profiles that yeah. are showing their abs and all these things. It had to have been right. And it was, it, I think it worked on multiple levels. It was like, okay, I can't just take a photo of my face with this metal thing because then you're just going to think I'm wearing a mask or I'm doing a 2019 version of Phantom of the Opera. Write that down. I like that. I. Um, yeah. But then he has to lift up his shirt to show like his metal torso, which is great. I, I thought it was good. I liked that it was in his mind. That's what you needed. That That's, hey... If I'm gonna, sh- you wanted to see more of me, obviously, I got to show you that I'm a freaking cyborg. So I'm going to lift up my shirt. But he does it in that jockey hunk way where it's like, I'm going to show my abs. I thought it was hilarious.
1: Yeah. I hope the woman was actually petrified of the pose of the photo, than the cyborg part. The cybernetics, I mean, yeah. I hope she was like, what is this god awful photo? Mm-hmm. And, and more or less than just like,
0: oh. You are a cyborg. This is a thing that Cyborg does. And speaking from personal experience, this is a thing that I can relate to. He gets <laughs> one bad pass of judgment for someone that who he admired mm-hmm. and immediately deletes the profile. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what is that supposed to say about me? What is that supposed to say about Cyborg?
1: It is so, I feel so bad for him.
0: I'm not the only one. I'm sure there's people, I hope there's people listening that have been like, yep. Did that? That happened to me. Not the metal part, but the but the picture. And oh god! And then you just delete it.
1: Yeah. And it, again, um, bringing in the theme of loneliness, it was like, here he is. He's a free person now. He's isolated himself from his father, and now he wants to meet people now and 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 socialize. And you know, one bad pass of judgment, and he shuts it down. Mm-hmm. He completely isolates himself further because it's
0: definitely pointing to insecurities which Mm -hmm. this is also me projecting my own self it's insecurities insecurities. it's uh, wanting to again going we were having this discussion off mic it's wanting to put this internet persona and try to glorify it and make it something bigger than it already is Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. can't do that doesn't work Um, did I say insecurities (laughs) (laughs) I think we got it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, by the way, he says uh, Booyah in the Teen
1: Titans animated. He says it 29.5 times.
0: Okay, so the other couple times had to have been in... He eh, said in Justice League, so that's one. He said in Justice League, the movie? Yes. That's one. And But then all the times in
1: Teen Titans Go, he probably said it 500 yeah, times. Yeah, he's
0: probably said it too much in Teen Titans Go, so they were probably... To-
1: it's twenty 29- nine. Teen
0: Titans Go, I think, is... Um, I was gonna say maybe they were only like sticking to like canon things, but that doesn't make sense because the animated yeah. series and Justice League aren't them. But I feel like it's it's not listing the Teen Titans go ones for a particular reason because mm-hmm. you probably didn't want to say like five hundred and something times. It could just be a made up number. But I don't, don't think it's a made up number. We don't play those games. No, it's not. It's he said they're looking up something that he has said Booyah in to make thirty one times. And if you're saying how is it 29.5? Because he said "muya" at one point because he was a cow or something. <laughs> um,
1: but um, <laughs> I enjoy that. You know, everyone else who probably heard that, probably their first thing was like 29.5 times. And now you just came back like minutes later going, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that number doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, that's my train of thought. But. I'm sorry.
0: But anyway, no. he's uh, he uh, his insecurities are showing, mm-hmm. and I'm relating to it. Mm-hmm. It's good. I related to a lot of things that were happening in this uh, oh, yeah. episode. As you should. N- yeah, yeah, not not like straight up relating, because the Cliff Steele stuff I can't 100% relate to, but I can not relate yet. to his anger, for sure. I'm sure there are people who do relate to Cliff Steele. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because like, that's
1: where we're coming from now, because... And and this is a great thing because there there are going to be people who relate to Rita Farr. And there are definitely going to be, you know, people who relate to Crazy Jane. Uh, Victor is one thing. Larry Trainer absolutely. Cliff Steele. Like, they're all different. They're I all, saw on... What? They're just all different types of people. And I was going to do a
0: sidebar. Go for it. I saw on Twitter, and I don't know if it's real or not, but I saw that... Uh... I think it was Doom Patrol or Doom Patrol Riders or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. It might be fake, but I thought it was a little thing. Um, Brendan Fraser's gonna be driving the pace car at a NASCAR event. Is he really? I, I saw that and I was like, that's cool. I like that. And I don't know how how real it is, but maybe Brendan Fraser likes cars and NASCAR and stuff. Hey, that's awesome. I'd go see that. Going in, I'd go see it. <laughs> I've you know, I worked
1: at a uh I once worked at a bar where it was like it was a NASCAR bar. It was in a very red part. Oh, of, yeah. red part of Florida. And I tell you what, I learned a lot about NASCAR. Yeah, and I really got to talk with some of the people that that lived in that area, and they accepted me, and they just were like, "Hey, we'll teach you about NASCAR." And I learned a lot. And I part of me wants to. I've never been to a NASCAR. Me
0: neither. Uh, uh, race,
1: and I and I want to go, and I want to live that life with those people, and and just soak it all in. Oof. Come on, it's it's a no
0: different like sport. I was thinking the sun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like the sun. Um I was sitting in a bar once and there was um one of the TVs was playing like um like a little derby but it was like a, a, a I don't I think it was go karts. It was a it wasn't car racing like mm-hmm. NASCAR or anything like that and it wasn't Formula 1 or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was these kids like you know 15 to 18 whatever and they were mm-hmm. doing like small cars or whatever like fast go karts and stuff. And the guy that was sitting next to me like was in he knew fucking drivers sponsors car like particular you know mm-hmm. just all of these things and i'm just like how do you get into like into that like you saw that these 15 year old kids were burning rubber and you were like yep that's awesome that's cool that's cool hey i'm not dogging on what you like but like it just amazed me that this guy knew that mm-hmm. much about this minor league racing thing it was, yes. it, was it was neat anyway well, um going back to we're still on vic
1: uh, we could switch things up. We got anything? Cl- well, I mean, the biggest, the, the the big red flag was the way that Grid brought up all the, just completely hacked this Mel's character's, mm-hmm. you know, profile and just brought, everything. In, brought in everything. and
0: um, It's like things that like you would expect to see from Justice League Cyborg, mm-hmm. but like not as um, intrusive. Mm-hmm. where he's like I got to get like every information so I could learn about this but I'm not going to tap into the bus security camera to watch her while mm-hmm. she's texting me right now. That's yeah. crazy. That's 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 grid going off the hinge. Yeah, that that was the
1: SkyNet moment for a lot of people. That was the hold on, who is Grid mm-hmm. moment. Like th- this is it. Like, he's even
0: got a pronounced voice. It's almost like he's I mean he is gaining a personality. Yeah, he's gaining. Can them, we yeah. we can call Grid like we can say him any these things, right? We can't just yeah, say like, the 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 operating system within Cyborg. Yeah,
1: it's like it's not Cyborg now. It's yeah, Grid. Grid like is
0: a persona now.
1: Um, and then the other thing about Cyborg, um, um, throughout the episode is is his when they do do the therapy session, his his monologue about uh, his mother and like, you know, he, him feeling at fault for the death of his mother, but he says that he's over that. So why is Mister Nobody still plaguing him? and it's now a new thing about the way his father views him because he sees uh or Victor feels that Silas sees him as a monster who killed his you know his wife mm-hmm. and and so there's this loss of trust that Silas Stone has with Victor and that seems to be like the new thought that Victor has of like is this my new Uh, obstacle in my way, and again, the death of his mother caused that that breakup between Victor and Silas Stone. So again, going back to the whole loneliness theme, like this is evidence like that that this death it spaced them apart more so than it brought them together. In any way, because of his fit of rage, just because his dad was busy working, um, and so yeah, it was just completely painful, um but then switching over to crazy Jane. Um, this one is a little quicker. Um, we, we get a hint of this, of the start of her problems, but it's not the big one. And I know we, this is how we had to correct ourselves earlier in the episode where we said that it's, it's showing off their, not their most traumatic, but the start of their trauma. And, um, shows her as a as a kid crying uh, a baby crying for um her parents and and the dad looks upon her and then leaves and doesn't do anything about it so that's the start of it um but it is that idea that her her growing up being fatherless the daddy issues um although hers are way worse um Carries on because of Niles Calder because of what Niles Calder seemed like when they met versus the reality of when they met the first Doom Patrol and then, like, now at this moment, him not being there. Um, this is just her fighting with herself and the rest of her personalities, especially Hammerhead. It's crazy Jane versus Hammerhead, and um. Yeah, like Hammerhead just is is done with Niles Mm Collars. She's destroying the tapes. Completely upset. Which is
0: upsetting because, I mean, they were going back and watching those tapes uh, to help them and everything. And now I feel like Jane doesn't have any tapes left. Maybe she might have like one or two or like a couple laying around, but uh, it seems like that she was ripping up a lot of them. Um, Super strength, too. She's crushing those tapes like paper. That looked good. Yeah.
1: I I was watching her uh, crush tapes in, in the. In the show, and I was thinking like, man, here's an actress holding, here's, yeah, holding a VHS tape, and then like, as Diane goes to smash the VHS tape, it literally crumbles and it doesn't look fake, it doesn't look CGI, I
0: don't think it's CGI, but it, it's this tape still look like they have integrity to them, and like her adding the pressure is busting them. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's, they, they burst pretty much. They pop and they They crumble. crumble. Yeah. So they're not just like little foam or paper or whatever they are. I mean, I don't know what they made out of, but they still look like they have integrity.
1: It's like, uh, I don't know how they did it. Um, maybe it was CGI, but it almost looked like they had VHS tapes that were
0: like put through a wood chipper.
1: Yeah. But then they were like brought back into like a, a breakable form. And they were like, once you, put a little bit of pressure. This VHS tape is just going to crumble. And it it was, I don't know how they did it, but it looked amazing. Um, When she's stepping on the VHS tapes and stuff like that, they just seem to pop and brittle. Like, and I was so surprised the first time she breaks one of them. I was like, that looked effortless Mm -hmm. and clean and believable. I think is the most important part because I don't. I just don't know how they did. I'm glad you brought that up. Because... I think the
0: trick was that they did more than one. Because if they just did one break burst and you know she stomped on the rest, it would be like, okay, that was just like clearly a breakaway tape. But she she does it. She crushes them with their hands more and more, and it's they're breaking the same way. And it's it got to a point where I was realizing like it's oh, not CGI. That's really good. I like that they're keeping consistent with the strength mm-hmm. that they're trying to uh, illustrate here. This is great. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, but she is angry she's lashing out jane is popping in and out to try to control it she's just yelling stop i think jane wants to keep the tapes she still yeah. is holding a candle for niles and hammerhead is just done with all of it she is <laughs> yeah. she hit she her cup overfloweth in not the good way
1: it's it's the the daddy wasn't there thing from austin powers where it's like yes i know <laughs> You don't have to remind me. <laughs> but we, yeah, well, Crazy Jane, is like, here is, she's fighting with herself because Hammerhead doesn't believe that there could be a good dad. She's like, she's too far cut from that. And Crazy Jane believes that Niles Calder is the father she never had. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's that fight to keep that. And because Niles Calder isn't there, And then the harsh reality that she almost got sent to that, to go be with Joshua Clay and here, take your medicine. There's no hope for saving you anymore. This is how you're going to live the rest of your life. There is that, that internal anger and it's taking on a physical form, um, which is the whole point of crazy Jane. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's good to see that. And it's good to realize that that, that is where the anger is. Um, but the anger is fueled by the loneliness that they have because now it's isn't there. Um, but then they're adding to that fire by destroying the tape so that crazy Jane can't dwell on it. Um, and so it, it just, it was a really good moment. Um, um, and then later on we, um, we got like some, we get some good information from the therapy circle, um, where they bring back the painting that Hangman's Hangman's Beautiful Daughter did, um, and it seemed like an omen, uh, because I didn't know that... Or a premonition. Yeah, and I didn't know that Mr. No, I, I don't recall Mr. Nobody actually giving her this information.
0: Oh, it was. I mean, it was a, just a line of dialogue. It's yeah. like, before we're done here, I have to leave you with something, and that's when she said, what the fuck is a Doom Patrol? But she had painted this before that. She was painting it at that time, wasn't she? Yeah, she was painting that um yeah she was painted that yeah didn't wasn't that the 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 fade out of that episode no maybe not
1: mm-mm, mm-mm. but but she did end up painting that um and yeah now, now you got me thinking i was like
0: i know there was a line of di- dialogue where mr nobody and she he said i'm and she, not done with you
1: and she made that painting yeah, and so it is like a premonition. But one of the good things they said, "Hangman's beautiful daughter never lies." Mm. So that was a good one. I, I enjoyed that that little line of dialogue. Um, but yeah, and then and then we move on to Cliff Steele, who is by far the most. There's something wrong with him, and there is something wrong with him, which is like, like at first, at first I, getting into Cliff Steele this goes back to the cinematographer, beautiful shots of this character. There's an immediate shot. I want to talk about where Victor just uh, stone is like, Hey, time to do the, you know, team meeting in 15. And there's that shot of cyborg. Like almost looks like he's in stasis. I thought he was asleep, but he was like just sitting at his desk, staring at the laptop. And um, I don't think he sleeps. You just saw the eye. Oh yeah. He probably doesn't even sleep at all. But um, when they were doing the, just a shot of him. Or
0: does he sleep? Remember, he woke up with baby doll on his chest. I, I assume you could
1: sleep still. The brain has to shut off, for a
0: bit. When you're sleeping, your brain doesn't shut off. If your brain uh, you know shuts. What, off, I you mean, you
1: know what I mean. It powers down. It goes into rest mode.
0: Subconscious mode.
1: Yeah, REM or whatever you want to call it. Um. Good band. Oh my God! Stop.
0: It's REM, Mark, or. Horium, horium, horium. Um, but yeah,
1: the, he. You know, at first I was like, "There's something. There's something wrong with him." Um, and then I was thinking, "What's with his character?" And then I was like, "There actually is something wrong." Like I thought, Mister Nobody was at play or something like that. And um,
0: I thought, at face value, I thought it was just, um, you know, the brain can only take so much stress, and I thought he can't he's a, he's just a brain in a robot body so he can't i mean There's... he he lashes out in robot form <laughs> yeah um but it's i think it was just like the brain going too much and not mm-hmm. being able to process it uh through the technology that it is
1: yeah i've been so like impressed by the way that they that they mime this like his character because it's you got Brendan Fraser doing the voice acting um, and then you have the other actor who's doing the the suit. And sometimes, because it is a robot man, and that's the whole point of how sad it is of his character, is that he can't do anything, he can't eat, or he can't... And so there's a lot of times where, like, robot man might be standing still, but he's yelling, and you just have the voice mm-hmm. to go off of. And that's happening in real life within the show. And so they do a great job of being like, yeah, the body is not animating because there's no point in animating the body, because he's just a brain yelling in a tin can, and they do such a great job with it. But they do amazing work with some of the animated movements in in this episode where he's like really trying to to you know kind of
0: with his gestures and yeah, yeah as, as big as he can go, as much as the body's going to let him, his gestures are still big yeah he's a big guy like i'm still thinking that he is it's 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 great robot man and it's not just like uh beep boop zap zip like mm-hmm. i'm gonna do uh, you know domo arigato mr roboto can i say that i said it. it's a it's a stick song it's a song um and it's not like robotic motion as much um he's flailing his arms he's throwing pringles at his face he's doing all these things um hmm then again so cliff steel starts to pretty much hallucinate things that are happening mm-hmm. he's pissed off he leaves the doom manor and he gets the bus and he drives to wherever uh what's the guy's name Bum- Bump. bump wherever yeah. bump lives he drives and yeah. he's going to confront him the guy that you know pretty much that he thinks stole his daughter and it's all he's making it up in his mind and i don't know if I mean, the bus thing obviously wasn't real. He didn't drive anywhere. Um, but all these motions that he's doing is still very fluid and being robotic. But it's not like, you know, silver-painted man on Rodeo Drive doing like... Zip, 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 zip. Mm-hmm. It's a actual reference. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's it's still the gestures, the motions are still very big. And it's just phenomenal acting, I think.
1: It really is. It's... It's great stuff, and and it took us a while to realize it was a hallucination at first. Like, yeah, like even after the bump pulls out the like, like the cyborg cannon shotgun thing, mm-hmm. you guys caught it, and I was still going, What do you guys mean, cyborgs? And I was like thinking, The cyborg go talk to bump like previously and and be like, Hey, Cliff Steel's gonna come through that door and get really mad at you. Here's this enhanced shotgun once you like you guys caught it immediately but i was like i didn't understand that it was a hallucination still Mm -hmm. until like even when he was like looking around the library inside bumps like little mobile home i was like what what is with the library and then like you guys already knew that it was like he was hallucinating Mm -hmm. um and then you know they cut they cut back to you know just what reality looks like and Mm -hmm. kudos to all the wrestling moves that cyborg pulls out on on cliff steel i was like damn that is a he's dropping this guy yeah it that's was,
0: robot fighting a robot um i do want to point out that um the 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 comic panel that inspired this episode does have uh, an exit from Cliff. Uh, Essentially, it's really only Cliff airing out his grievances, grievances, which is one, what the character, yeah, which is what the episode is about. It is really Cliff wanting to put everybody through therapy and not even put everybody through therapy. It's just wanting to talk about it. It's just, let's get it out of here. And the panel shows Cliff, you know, kind of complaining like, I just, I want to be a part of the world. I want to be able to smell. I want to be able to eat. I want to be out of here. Why can't I? This is painful that i cannot just be out like my mind is still of this world but my body is something that is not my body and we really get that in this episode with cliff but it's again they took one dialogue bubble and managed to write an entire episode of it and it's fantastic Mm -hmm. it's fantastic yeah so cliff Steele wanting to just needing to talk it out is basically the premise of this entire episode.
1: Yeah. A premise for the, the the theme again, which is loneliness and him not wanting to feel lonely. I mean yeah. you are a brain again in a tin can and, and that's
0: Yeah. That's how it feels. And by the end of his hallucination he he's realizing like something's going wrong with me. Something's it. Like he's flipping back into mm-hmm. okay, I'm back at the Doom Manor and he Falls to the ground and curls up in a fetal position. Yeah, with his he brings his knees to his chest and is just like, "Oh man!" Whenever someone does that, yeah, it is. It's painful that for me. Like I feel, yeah. I feel like an empath in that exact moment where I'm just like, "Oh my god!" I know you. I know what you're doing. I've done that. I've been that little ball on the ground, feeling like you can't do anything, and it's so. It's just sorrow. It's it's all of this stuff, and it's relatable. You know, I'll argue to someone who's like, "Hey, have you you've never done that? Well, then you are clearly." I was gonna say a robot, but <laughs> mm-hmm. can't say that because a robot does it in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's it, that is one of the most relatable thing that happened in this episode to me. It was Cliff breaking down and curling up. And just wanting to cry and wanting to do all this and he doesn't have emotions. He can't express emotions other than a loud voice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um it it continues further, um you know, as they
0: as they get into their therapy and they start to to Mm -hmm. air things out and it brings it back to like present time where they are sitting down and starting to talk and uh,
1: it gets worse and, and and that's when you really start to notice like it may not just be like oh he's he's ang- he's angry and and his anger is fueling his erraticness um his irrationality but um then you start to like as he starts to get more and more like really out there it's almost annoying like i almost and at first i was like what is with this character oh like like
0: come on we gotta
1: do it talk yes yeah, that's what i'm talking yeah. about
0: really i loved it oh well, no but i loved it i just like brendan fraser being no, enthusiastic yeah, but, but
1: the, yeah no i'm saying like that's when i was like something is not right yeah with this guy and like and, and i'm saying like like there was something i was like is mr nobody possessing this guy or something and i wasn't far off mm-hmm. but we'll get to it um but yeah I was like there's something not right with this guy at all whatsoever um but the the conclusion of the therapy session is 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 more loneliness when when you know crazy Jane has this moment with with Cliff where she says that you'll never be a father because you're you're not even a man and he s- retaliates with I'm the only one here who stands you and I only I can only stand one sixty fourth of you, anyways, and so it causes her to leave. And and you know,
0: which yeah. isn't true, in my opinion, it's not true. I don't think that I don't think Rita despises Jane. I think they have their discrepancies. She even mm-hmm. says it, it's like Jane, you can be a bitch sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's that's as far as it goes. Vic, I think, is there to try to help everybody. He's got his own problems that he's dealing with, but he's essentially trying to keep a team together and trying to help people. And help people for a common purpose, and that's finding Niles. Um, Negative man, again, I loved it. God, I like how dismissive he is. Mm-hmm. How he started to say, he's like, I don't wanna do any of this. And then he goes to walk away, and then Cliff embraces him, and then he starts talking it out. And he's not really so much admitting his problems to everybody, he's telling people, like, you guys are talking about this in your circle but i have this negative spirit in me that i am fighting with constantly so we've already had our conversation we already did this therapy session in my dream i already admitted to myself that i am a terrible person um i just don't know where to go from here <laughs> yeah um it was i thought it was again great negative man character in this
1: yeah and um i i totally missed the joke too like i was one of those people like listening to his monologue when in his therapy session where he said something like there was something about Mr. Nobody like smashing things in it, or like throwing something in his face, but there was like a joke implied. And he says that was a joke. And he was like, these bandages. Destroy, oh yeah. They really destroy all nuances mm-hmm. of comedy or something. And I was like, I totally actually
0: missed that because I yeah. thought
1: you were having a serious moment here. No, he said, yeah. What is Mr. Nobody
0: says, is shoving it in my face or what's left of my face. It's uh, like, that was a joke. I love that deadpan that's so that's mm-hmm. that that's negative man that's it that's larry trainer yeah. he's just he's man he's he's it's a it's nihilist cynicism mm-hmm. that i i gravitate towards mm-hmm.
1: and and so to and to kind of wrap things up uh for today's episode we're to talk about what's really bugging robot man and i say that because it's like a a programming reference but it's like bugging like there's actually something wrong with with cliff steel it's a little loose it's not a bug yeah it's a it's a rodent but um this also you know you could argue that the the villain of this episode is is fueled by that thematic of loneliness because this rodent was uh orphaned um and so we cut back to six episodes ago and the, so Basically, Cliff Steele has a seizure at the end of the episode, and uh, out pops out a a rat or a mouse. A r- it's no, it's a rat. It's a rat. That's a rat. It's a rat. It's a rat. It's a Leonardo DiCaprio, and um, and it comes out of Robot Man's mouth, and it turns out that what's been bugging him this whole time is actually a rat, and um, we cut back to six episodes ago where. I guess they were driving a bus, and I don't know if this was actually in episode one, if we can rewind the no, tape. it was just them leaving. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe if I rewatch episode one, will that rat actually be run over mm. by the bus, and it's something we might have missed. Um, but a one Admiral Whiskers was being guided across the street by his mother, mm-hmm. and then the mother was ran over. <laughs> it was so sad. Johnny was so traumatized yeah. by how sad this was.
0: I thought the rat CGI was amazing when you said like cgi is getting better i mean yeah. i didn't think about rita and all this stuff i thought the about rat that, about i was that like rat. that when it was a baby in that little brush uh, that was yeah. the sun was setting or rising whatever it was it was beautiful colors mm-hmm. i thought it was really good cgi Rat. yeah
1: it was nice because um as mr nobody starts talking to this rat admiral whiskers they call him um it's like breathing and and it's like Looking around, but it's like mo- mostly it was the fact that it was breathing and the way that a rat breathes. It was very accurately done, and I was like, "Damn, that, that's a that's a good looking rat." <laughs> mm-hmm. Um,
0: but yeah, and so we have speculation that Admiral Whisk- Whisker, Ab- Admiral Whiskers, Admiral Whiskers may have showed up in what was it two, three episodes ago? The two episodes ago,
1: Decreator. Yeah, the second part of the Decreator, um, Paw Patrol, mm-hmm.
0: um. Because Ezekiel's preaching, and then a rat comes up. And yeah, and then talking. a rat was asking. I don't think that, that may, it, there could be a lot of rats, but I thought, could hey, that could have
1: been Admiral Whiskers. Maybe Admiral, Admiral Whiskers and Ezekiel know each other. Uh, it's
0: it's not a stretch. I but, should, uh, I'll probably have to ask. But I like that he's got a name like Admiral Whiskers. Yeah, That's, Admiral Whiskers, Ezekiel.
1: Like the fact that we have names like this is very Doom Patrol, and, a, and yeah, I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, Admiral Whiskers, uh, he, he can stay. I, like I man, he's
0: got an amazing Princess Bride quote. Oh yes he comes in. Love, oh Bride. my god, man. we
1: saw the the Princess Bride quote. We were just immediately like,
0: okay. What's what is it? Uh, my name is Inag- in- in- Inagio oh, I was Montoya. Gonna, yeah. no What's his What's he, his first
1: name? You killed my father, prepared to die. Yeah, that's, that's
0: that's the quote. It's it's. Uh, my name is Admiral Whiskers. I think you killed my mother.
1: Gal Gadot's like favorite quote ever.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. It's not a bad movie. I mean, it's yeah. and like the fact that they keep repeating it it just makes it a. Uh, that's that was the joke <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i'm admiral whiskers you killed my mother prepare for my revenge mm-hmm. um
1: but yeah admiral whiskers what a guy i can't believe that's the way the episode ended because like it, it honestly he gets into the arm and into close steel's arm um
0: and it's just start chewing on wires is what we can assume right
1: yeah he just started because i thought once he got into the arm that we were going to see him like just messing up uh close from the inside but no it's like credits and we're like oh that's it like mm-hmm. it's, that's how we, like that's the villain one yeah. <laughs> out of all the villains to beat the doom patrol it's admiral whiskers
0: so influenced by mr nobody so yeah it's still mr nobody being a puppet master yeah um i have one thing that i want to just circle back around to mm-hmm. the painting that jane was doing mm-hmm. it was of cyborg the, it was the Crisis painting of Cyborg. Who was he holding? He's holding Silas Stone. He's holding Silas and the Doom Patrol is dead around him? Yeah, including Niles okay. Caller was down there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know who he was holding. Yeah. Um, but that's. I think that was one of the premonitions. Um, or maybe just a bad omen that's supposed to yeah, just follow that.
1: I think that is going to show up in the season finale. Like that. That becomes a thing at the end is my guess. It's my guess. So, I don't know. Could be a thing. Mm-hmm. But overall great episode. I I huge huge kudos. I think this episode deserves a lot of praise um for all the people on the crew like the directors the, the
0: source that they pulled it from was just and what they did with this entire episode yeah. was it's, Neil it's Reynolds phenomenal with the
1: writing and mm-hmm. the CGI work, the acting, the they're all these characters are the actors are these characters like it's so good it's i'm loving the show more and more like Mm -hmm. i can't wait for like when we get into like and i'm crossing my fingers here because i don't want to like jinx it but like getting into like a season three of doom patrol and having these characters so rounded out already it's gonna be fucking phenomenal Mm -hmm. and and it's every episode that i haven't like sure maybe the decreator, recreator stuff might have been like one of the weaker episodes, but still fucking phenomenal Speak
0: for yourself.
1: It's still, they're all I'm phenomenal episodes and I'm loving it. I haven't had like a boring, not boring. I haven't had a letdown episode like I did with Titans where I was just kind of like, Oh, is that it? Okay. So yeah, they're all phenomenal. Um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up. If you enjoyed everything you heard, find us on all social media at radio doom patrol and you can find us on the Facebook group to talk about it, uh, talk about it with us there. And um, if you want to help out this show and support us, you can uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us out on the show, helps other listeners find the show uh, so that they may enjoy this content as well. And without further ado, Mr. DJ, please take it away. Ah.
0: So, I imagine at this point, you're having some sort of existential crisis, and that's to be expected. But take it from this trans-dimensional disc jockey, loneliness adds beauty to life. That's 90 minutes, and your time is up. Make sure to schedule your next appointment with Do Patrol Radio